you have not fasted in this way before, I want to strongly encourage you, try this. Get the journal, and it will walk you through what we will be praying about, as Pastor Moses said. It's a guideline for what uh, foods to avoid and what foods that you should concentrate on, fruits and vegetables, uh, beans and nuts, this kind of thing. This is a Daniel fast. No meat, no sweets, if you could condense it like that. Um, But if you have dietary restrictions, then find another way to fast. Um, Some people are giving up social media. Some people are giving up media, period. Um, There's just lots of options. But I would encourage everyone to attempt to consecrate these next 21 days unto God with prayer and fasting. Fasting isn't a diet. If you lose some weight, great. But we're not fasting to lose weight. That's called a diet. That's another story. That's another sermon. We're fasting to get clarity from God's voice and to get close to God, to hear him, and for God to perhaps meet some some needs that we have. Uh, The disciples said, how come we couldn't cast out the devil? How come we couldn't heal this guy? And he said, well, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. So maybe there's some some big things you need from God. Uh, Take the time to pray and fast, and let's just see what God might do. Amen? I want you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Verse number 1. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose Father God, we are so grateful to be in this place. We thank you, God, for the awesome presence that we sense, your presence. Your spirit is here. And God, now we commit ourselves to your word. We ask that you would speak to us, Lord, what you have desired to be done, let it be done. We give you thanks and we give you praise as we pray it in Jesus' name. Jesus is teaching his disciples here through a parable. This is what Jesus did. He took stories. He would tell stories and make a point. He would tell stories and teach a lesson. This is what he's doing here in Luke chapter 18. And the lesson happens to be about prayer. Jesus taught that we should always pray and not lose heart. Well, it sounds good, it looks good on paper, but it's not always easy to do, is it? It's not always easy to to always pray and not lose heart or not give up or not get discouraged. We get discouraged. Some of you got discouraged perhaps this week. It's, It's part of life, isn't it? But when discouragement comes, let that be a prompting that you ought to pray. When discouragement comes your way, when disappointment comes your way, take that as an opportunity, as a motivator. Yes, I need to pray about this. If you don't like how things are right now, pray. If you want things to be different tomorrow than they are today, pray. If you're ready for a change, 
is essential for any Christ follower who wants to grow in Christ. Now there's the key. There are so many that really, I don't think they do want to grow. I trust that that's not you. It's the ones who stayed home today. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I want to grow. I need to grow. And I know that prayer is essential for my growth in Christ. How many were taught to pray as a child? Did your mom and dad teach you to pray? Maybe a grandparent perhaps would, would gather you around and teach you how to pray? Here's some prayers of some children that I thought you might find amusing. Let's listen. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our child. When I'm sick, take me to a group of children any day. Amen. Today we start a new series that I've entitled Saturate. To saturate is to soak thoroughly or completely, to fill completely, to a point that no more can be received of it. This is what I see for us. This is what I'm believing for in 2015. I believe that this is going to be a year of saturation for us. Saturation from God and by God. I'm believing God to, yes, open up the windows of heaven. Open up the sky, God, as we just sang, and pour out what we need. Saturate this church. Can you imagine God saturating this church? How about imagining God saturating your home, his presence, abiding there, saturating our marriages, saturating our families, saturating our neighborhoods, saturating our communities. I believe this. God will do his part. My question to you today is, will you do your part? Will we do our part? Let's let 2015 be the year that we saturate ourselves. 
In other words, we are committing ourselves to God in ways maybe that we haven't for a long time, maybe that we never have. We saturate ourselves. Over the next six weeks, we will be doing a study saturating in prayer, saturating in the Word of God, saturating in righteousness or right living, saturated in the Spirit, and saturated in worship. Then on February the 15th, mark this down, February the 15th, we are going to saturate in evangelism. On this Sunday, February the 15th, we're gathering in this very room at 9 o'clock. Everybody say 9 o'clock. Not 10.30, not 8.30. I already had this conversation with the 8.30 uh, crowd. Now I'm having it with you. We're not meeting at 10.30. You'll be an hour and a half late if you come at 10.30. We're meeting at 9. We're going to come together for some worship and then really a pep rally of sorts. I'll give a mini abbreviated message. But what we're going to do on February the 15th, we're going to saturate our community. Once we gather here and do our worship and our prayer time, we're going to leave and have about five different places around our community that we are going to go to with the love of Jesus. So I don't want you to miss this. Don't check out on me here. Make sure to come to this one if you can't come to some of the other ones. This one is that important, and there will be a place for all of us to, to connect to and go out with what we have been saturated with. Amen? So today we start with a focus of saturation in prayer. Today I want to encourage you, saturate yourself in prayer. How many are satisfied with your prayer life? How many would like your prayer life to be strengthened in 2015? I'm sure all of us. I hope all of us. Keep in mind, prayer is simple communication. Prayer is just talking to God. So I want you to imagine going to, say, Starbucks. Come here, Butler. Now, don't go over the next 21 days, but after that, imagine, or wherever you like, maybe you don't like Starbucks, but you're going somewhere, and you're, you're sitting down with someone, and you're going to, you're going to talk. You're going to have a talk. I've had to have lots of talks with folks. You know, I love, I love spending time with my kids. There's only one person I would rather spend time with, and it's my wife. She trumps them every time. They know that. They will never be more important than her. There are close seconds, but she is the most important human being on this earth to me. Above any buddies that I have, above my father who's here and I love him, God put her to be the two of us to become one. But I still love spending time with Butler Ray and finding out what's going on in her life. But I have to, we have to, have that time of conversation where we sit and we talk. In this, how sad would it be for me to dominate the conversation? And I do all the talking. And she tries to tell me something and then I talk over her. That's no conversation at all, is it? 
So imagine having a conversation with someone, only you can't actually see them. You can't actually hear them audibly. Now, as I say this, I know that there have been those who have heard the audible voice of God. How many have heard his voice audibly? There's a handful in this room. I knew there would be. But does he speak audibly to you every day, Floyd? No, it's a rare, rare occurrence that the Lord would speak audibly to you at all. Mostly, he's not going to speak audibly to you. So you have to imagine God is, I'm having a conversation with God whom I can't see and I don't hear the audible voice. But this is prayer. This represents prayer, folks. Just sitting down and talking to God. Some people won't pray because they say, well, I can't pray like Pastor Moses. He can pray. Or Jerry Short. Now, you want somebody to pray for you, but are you gonna, I'm going to call on Jerry Short because I know this man knows how to pray. And, you know, you know you've been prayed for. And he's just a man of prayer. You know, there's a handful of people in this room. They just, they know how to pray. Bonnie Parrish, my goodness, she's a prayer warrior. Well, everybody can pray. Everybody can pray. It's will you pray. Converse with God. Make sure it's not a one-way conversation. Do plenty of talking, but do plenty of listening. Don't dominate the conversation. Listen for God to speak. Wait for God to speak. Learn to know His voice. Karen doesn't have to tell me when I, when I pick up the phone and she's calling, she doesn't have to say, this is Karen. That stopped a long, long time ago, right? Because I know her voice. Do you know God's voice? Talk to him, communicate with him, and learn to know his voice. So we are going to saturate ourselves in prayer, and I want to give you three ways that you can saturate yourself in prayer in 2015. Amen. Start fresh this year in many ways. Start taking notes in church prayer. It'll help you tremendously. You'll, you'll be amazed at how much more you will retain by not only hearing, but seeing. That's why I put screens up for you. I want you to hear it. I want you to see it. But I'd like you to write it down, and it will just solidify all the more the word that God is going to speak. Number one, pray purposefully. Pray with intention. Not just when crisis comes. Isn't it interesting how many people that you know uh, automatically will know how to pray or want prayer when the crisis comes? People who don't pray. People who don't follow Christ. Yet when something bad happens, they want prayer. Will you pray for me? Please pray for so-and-so. They, they had a wreck last night. I'm not minimizing that. that. That is time to pray. There's no question about it. But it can't be for, for the followers of Christ, for the sons and daughters of the, the king. It can't just be when crisis comes. It can't just be when we need something from God. We must be people of prayer, and that takes intention. That takes a purposeful mind. I did a, um, 
study out of this book. It's called Prayer Coach. Jim Nicodem wrote this book. In fact, he was a guest here. I had him come in and, and speak as we went through this book. How many have this book, Prayer Coach? You still have it. I want you to get it out. I want you to get it out. Mine, very few books have more markings in, in them as this one. It's just full of highlights and marks and notes throughout the whole book. It was just that impactful and, and, and that important to helping me to pray with purpose. So I want you to get this. You can, If you have it, get it out and reread it uh, over these next 21 days. If you don't, you can get this book on Amazon. Prayer Coach by James Nicodem. And I think it's going to really, really help you. He said this, fail to plan and you plan to fail. I know that's very simple but very true. What is your plan to pray? In, in praying with purpose, I want you to develop a prayer plan. Develop a prayer plan. If your prayer life was sporadic and hit and miss and you want it to be better, then come up with a plan. What's your plan to make it better? Praying, by the way, according to Jim Nicodem, praying is something we become good at by just doing it. What a great quote. Prayer is something we become good at by just simply doing it. You do it day in and day out. You develop a prayer plan. This plan should answer two questions. First question, when are you going to pray? When do you pray? How many pray in the morning? Let me see your hand. Morning is a better time for you. Great. How many are evening prayers? You, it works better for you in the evening. All right. Anybody pray over their lunch break and that works very well for you? I see some people, you raised your hand three times. I love that. You're, you just like to pray, huh? Great. Well, there has to be some bit of a strategy and some bit of a plan as to when are you going to pray. Find a time that works best for your schedule and lock it in. And pray at that time. Jim Nicodem, again, he says, the things that we get done are typically the things that we schedule to do. Is prayer part of your daily schedule? It, it must be. Moving forward in your walk with Christ, there needs to be a scheduled time of prayer. When are you going to pray? If you have no plan, there will be no action. Settle that once and for all. And if at all possible, stay true to that. Now, there will be times when you can't pray as you normally would. Life happens, doesn't it? And we get interrupted. I'm talking about the day in and day out and the routine of your life and of your week. You can find time to pray. When will you pray is the first question a prayer plan will answer. Where will you pray is the second question a prayer plan will answer. Where are you going to pray? Is there a plan in place? Or do you just, ah, wherever I happen to be, that's not, that's really not healthy. I want your prayer life, I want you to be so saturated in prayer that your prayer is healthier 
than it ever has been. Your prayer time and your communication with God is stronger and healthier than it ever has been. And I think that's what you want. So there has to be a plan in place that answers when you pray, morning, noon, or night, and where do you, where do you pray? Find a place that is quiet, a place where you are free from distraction. This could be at your desk. This could be in your bedroom. Many, many people find time to pray in their bedroom either before they start their day or at the conclusion of your day. That's great. Just make sure that you're the only one in the room. You want, you want alone time with God. At least that needs to be part of it. If you include your spouse and include your family, that's wonderful. But you must have alone time with God to be healthy. Some people say, I pray when I'm uh, commuting. Now, I know that we should be praying when we're on the 405, believe me. But I want to caution you because traffic is very distracting. And you want a place where you are distraction-free. So if that is your built-in time for prayer, just make sure that you're not distracted. That's all I'm saying. It may be that you have to get up a little bit earlier so that you can find time to pray before you actually get on the freeway. Then the freeway time can be your praise and worship time. That would be nice. The freeway time could be a time where you put on some teaching, perhaps, and you're feeding yourself that way. So I want to encourage you. We're, we're trying. Remember, we're, we're talking about being saturated in prayer, right? Not content with where we have been. Praying with purpose means developing a prayer plan. It also means develop a prayer pattern. What is your pattern of praying? I believe that praying should be habitual. Get in the habit of praying. Now, habit has a negative connotation mainly, mostly. When somebody talks about somebody that, that has a habit, usually it's smoking or drinking or some negative something, right? Well, I want you to develop a good habit, and that is I, you're in the habit of praying. Before you leave the house, I just have to pray. Before I go to bed at night, I just have to pray. It's part of my routine. It's part of my habitual living. Every day I am going to communicate and converse with God. A pattern of prayer. Don't let any days go by that you're not in communication with God and praying with God. Develop a routine of prayer that works for you. Here are some patterns of praying that perhaps you could include. You could, for instance, pray Ephesians 6. Does anybody know what Ephesians 6 is? Part of Ephesians 6. Sonia. Well, that is part. That is in there, yes. The armor, I'm talking about the armor of God right here. Pray on the armor of God every day. Does anybody know what the six pieces of armor are that you could stand and recite with? Claudia, tell us what they are. Six pieces of armor, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace, sword of, 
uh, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Don't go into the world spiritually unclothed. Go out prepared, and you can pray through the armor, and you'll be surprised at how certain pieces of armor will prompt other thoughts. And maybe you just pray one piece or something, and you get to chasten something else in prayer. It's wonderful. Let that be a routine part of what you pray. The fruit of the Spirit is also something that I pray routinely, habitually. I'm praying Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Does anybody know the, the nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit? And you could stand and recite them for us this morning. Come on, Debbie. Start over. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit that's found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Nick, Jim Nicodem in his book recommends this. I have implemented it and do it, and I have done this for years now. I will pray one characteristic per day. So tomorrow I'm going to be praying patience. That's where I happen to be. Don't skip it. Don't skip it. You just walk right through. Love, joy, peace, patience. I'm not praying all nine characteristics every day. I pray for one per day. And that's what I focus on. I pray that God would produce patience in me. Help me to be patient. Help me then to help others in the area of patience. It's wonderful. This is a routine. It's a habit. Then, of course, we pray for people, don't we? I can't tell you how many people come to me and tell me, oh, pastor, I've been, I've, I've been praying for you. It means so much to me. Please do. Pray for me. Habitually, routinely, pray for me. Pray for Karen, Elliot, Butler, and Daisy. There's a, there's a day in the book designed for every pastor and their family. But hopefully you're just putting, you're putting us on your prayer list all the time. Routinely, habitually, we're just praying. I don't stop praying for Karen because I prayed for her yesterday. I keep on praying and my children and the people who are close to us and praying for this church. We don't stop. We develop a pattern of praying and we keep on praying. And finally, Discipline yourself. Somebody say discipline. Oh, that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Discipline yourself to stick to the plan. Get a good, godly plan of prayer. Get some patterns going of prayer. And discipline yourself to stick to the plan. My family and my staff know to leave me alone and don't interrupt me when I'm having my quiet prayer time with the Lord. And that's how that is. Only an emergency will interrupt that. Anything else can be talked about and addressed after I've had my conversation with God. And it's wonderful. Number two, pray with passion. Pray purposefully. Pray passionately. Let me read you an excerpt out of Jim Nicodemus' book. 
concerning passion, he said it's insightful to study the prayers that are recorded in the Bible. Most of them are marked by a significant intensity. Jacob literally wrestled with God for an entire night. Hannah prayed with such great emotion at the place of worship that Eli, the local priest, thought she was drunk. Jesus himself sweat drops of blood as he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And when the early church concluded one of its prayer meetings, the Bible tells us the place where they were meeting was shaken. That's compassion right there. He goes on and says, by way of contrast, it seems as if we pray somewhat casually. The intensity in our voices is no greater than when we leave a voicemail message on a friend's phone. Even our posture is often laid back when we pray. How's the passion level of your prayer life? Let me give you some tips for increasing, perhaps increasing the passion in your prayer this year. First of all, change your posture. Just change your posture. What I'm saying is, here are some different postures that are found in the Bible when people prayed. Some prayed sitting down. Some prayed standing. Some prayed kneeling. Some prayed with hands raised, and some prayed with their face to the ground. They, they prayed lying with their face to the ground. I personally like to pace when I pray, and I walk the floor, and I will walk in, uh, back and forth and back and forth. But there are times when I need to just kneel before the Lord. And there are even times that I should just lay before the Lord prostrate myself out before God. I encourage you to change your posture this year. If you are in the habit of kneeling by your bed, wonderful. Just don't let it be the only thing you do. And whatever you do, don't sneak into bed and say, oh, I forgot to pray, and so you're laying on your back, and then you start praying, and then the next thing you know, you're snoring in God's ear. How many have fallen asleep praying before? We all got to lift our hand there, don't we? Change it up. Try sitting and praying. Try walking and praying if you don't do that. Change your posture, and I believe it will increase the passion in your prayer. Jim Nicodem again quotes, When I am physically alert, my spirit follows suit. Another tip for increasing the passion, pray out loud. Pastor Creighton did a great, great job of teaching on Wednesday. By the way, please, if at all possible, on the next three to four weeks, get here on Wednesday. We're doing a, a, a complete focus on saturating ourselves in prayer, and Pastor Creighton is doing a teaching on prayer, uh, abbreviated, however, because we're not just going to talk about prayer, we're actually going to pray, amen? We can talk about it, and we can preach about it, and we can teach about it, and we can study it, but there comes a time when we just need to pray. And Pastor Creighton, at the end of his teaching on Wednesday, he, he just summed it up like this. It's time to pray. 
And uh, I thought that was really, really great. You did a great job of laying a, a foundation of prayer for us. One of the things that he said that he did not know I was going to say was this very point. Pray out loud. This will help you articulate more precisely what you want to say. Don't just pray in your heart. Don't just pray in your mind. Pray out loud. Pray with passion. Change up some of how you pray. If you are... If you speak more than one language, pray in, in all of your languages, okay? We have some Nigerian believers here today, yeah. Pray in your Nigerian tongue. Pastor Moses speaks Spanish. I'm sure you probably pray in, in English and in Spanish, right? Mm. Got the Tosois here. They speak Filipino. What is your... What is your dialect, or what is the Begalo? Excuse me. I'm, I, hopefully, you're praying in Begalo, right? If you speak more than one language, pray in, 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 in more than one language. That will increase the passion, and pray in the Spirit. I hope you're praying in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. See, sometimes you don't even know what you're supposed to pray, do you? Look at what Romans 8, 26 says. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not even know what we ought to pray or what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Ephesians 6, 18 tells us, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I believe that as spirit-filled believers, we ought to be praying in the spirit. Pray in tongues. This might make some uncomfortable. But I want to encourage you. I believe that this is a gift that has not stopped, has not ceased. I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us today. And if we will ask and receive, it's a gift, remember. You have to ask and, and, and receive the gift that it, he offers to you. You can, you can receive this gift. And this could be the year for you. If you're praying about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'm praying and believing that this next 21 days will be your time. And you will pray in the Spirit because we don't even know always how we should be praying. That's one of the benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues. Finally, pray persistently. I opened our, with this text, our, our time in the Word, I opened with this text, Luke 18, 1, Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Yet I did not tell you what the parable was. Well, here it is, verse 2. He goes on and, and explains, There was a certain city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But after a while, he said within himself, 
Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wear me out. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. I like that. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? The widow's request was granted by an ungodly judge who didn't even care about mankind, really, because she was persistent. She did not give up. She kept on praying, which is what I want to say to you. Keep on praying. Keep praying. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Remember, discouragement should be the prompter to keep on praying. Don't give up. You don't know how close you are to the turnaround. You don't know how close you are to the breakthrough. You don't know how close you might be to the answer coming today. Hallelujah. Think about other times in your life that you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed and you have sought the Lord. Then all at once, the answer, it, it seems like the answer came, but I don't really believe that. I believe the answer was completed. Because I do believe that as we pray in Jesus' name, the answer starts. Now the answer may be on the slow path, according to us, right? We like it. We like lightning speed answer. We want, we want to pray and we want the answer now. We want to wake up tomorrow and not have any pain. Come on, somebody. Well, the completion of the answer may not come today or even tomorrow, but I do believe that the start of the answer is set in motion when we pray. We pray in Jesus' name and an answer starts moving. An answer starts happening. And who knows when that answer will be fully completed as we just continue to pray. Be persistent in your prayer. It's not that God didn't hear you. He wants us to be persistent praying people. So keep on praying just like the widow. She got her request. Philippians, uh, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, we know it well. It just says, pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean we go around all, all, all day and everywhere we go and we're praying in tongues and we're, oh, hang on a minute, I'm talking to God, you know. Don't be weird, by the way. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, tell him, don't be weird. It's not, it's an attitude, Reuben. When that says pray without ceasing, it doesn't mean that we devote every, every word that we speak is a prayer to God. There's just no way. We can't do that. It's an attitude in our hearts that we're reminded that we can keep praying, right? When discouragement comes, when we do lose heart, oh yeah, but God, we keep on praying. Keep on praying. Mm, mm. Encourage your neighbor real quick. Come on, just tell him, keep on praying. Keep on praying, he said. Just keep praying. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Just keep on praying. And while you're at it, just pray about everything. 
Pray about everything. Really. Pray about everything. That's what Ephesians tells us. Or excuse me, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, God wants to be a part of every part of your life. Your everyday routine, God wants to be a part of that. Remember, you're just communicating. It's communication. It's conversation with God. Pray about everything. Bring it to God. I was saved on November the 14th, 1982. And shortly thereafter, I ran into a couple that went to the church that we grew up in, Dad. Lou and Archie Brown. What a great couple. And I told them that I had given my heart to Christ. And Lou, who loved my mother, I think she took it upon herself to kind of watch out for us, Sherilyn's kids, in her stead. And she definitely was going to take on the, the prayer mantle that a mother would have for her children. I told Lou and Archie that I had given my heart to the Lord, and she got in her purse and got in her wallet and fumbled around a little bit and found a piece of paper. Come back to me. This paper was dirty. It was, it was, it was worn and tattered, and it, you could tell it had been handled a lot. She opened up this piece of paper, and on it were a list of names. Most of them were kids from West Terre Haute or now they were maybe not kids anymore, but she had put in the names of different ones that went to West Terre Haute Assembly of God and prayed for them every day. Every day. It's part of her, her routine, her pattern. Then she took out a pen and she put a check by my name. Not that she wouldn't continue to pray for me, but her prayer for me would, would change drastically. She didn't have to pray about my salvation anymore. Now, my sister's names were still on there. And they would stay on there for a little while, but eventually all four, me and all three of my sisters, would find Christ, and she would put a check by our name. It's pretty powerful. But prayer is powerful. Come on, somebody. And this is why I'm encouraging you, devote yourself to prayer, to saturate yourself in prayer, because prayer works. We have a 21-day period starting today of prayer and fasting. Remember, it's not about just doing without food or changing your eating habits. We're to be communing and 
having a conversation with God. We're, we're getting close to God. We're praying and fasting. That's over the next 21 days. As part of this prayer and fasting, we're going to have special prayer every morning from 6 to 8, hosted by one of the pastors. 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. You can come and go, maybe before you get to work, and this room will be ready for prayer. We'll be praying. Maybe you need to get up even earlier than that. Well, I've got good news for you. Jerry Shork and some others have been praying from 4.30 to 5.30 for many, many months now, and they're still going to be doing that, so you can join them at 4.30. The ladies' prayer. Bonnie and the rest of the ladies, they come on Tuesdays from 10 until 12, and I'm telling you, it is powerful. Ladies only, however, Tuesday morning. We have prayer meeting on Saturday mornings. What time do you start that? 6 a.m. on Saturdays. This is for the men. There's opportunities for praying. I want to create an atmosphere to pray. We actually have stations all around this room. I want to direct your attention to this wall. This wall has a map of Orange County. And as you feel directed, take the time to go over to this map. Feel free to lay your hands on your own city. Certainly lay your hands on La Palma. Let's pray for God send a fire to our city. Pray for your city uh, officials, city council, your mayor. Let's pray. We have the cross station. We have a cross standing, and then there, if you come closer, you'll see a cross actually laying on the ground. Next to it is a bowl of nails and a hammer and some sheets of paper. This station is for you to write down your issues and your struggles. If you really want to be free of drugs and alcohol and pornography and who knows what else keeps you limited. If you battle with jealousy and anger, bitterness, nail it to the cross. Write it down. Take the hammer and nail and literally, symbolically, nail your issue to the cross. That's that station. This station here is a communion station. It is a self-serve, but it's a time for you to remember the body and the blood. Because if he didn't shed his blood, if he didn't give his body, why pray in the first place? But not only did he give his body and shed his blood and die, he rose again. And this reminds us of the power that we have to pray to a living God that answers our prayer. He hears our prayer and he answers our prayer. Stop at this station. Here's another station in this window cubby. There's names here. It's the names of our family our friends, our co-workers who are unsaved. If you would like other people praying specifically for people in your life that are unsaved, write their name on this board, and for the next 21 days, they're going to be bathed in prayer. And I would just like to see how many names we could put a check next to for them. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Why not? One more station back here. It is a general prayer request, not just specifically for salvation, but any prayer request that you have, there's a, a, a card that you can fill out. 
your prayer request. You can put it in a, a container, a basket. But the key to this station is don't just put in your request. Take out somebody else's request and go to a corner in the room. Go to some chair. Go to somewhere and pray over that request. So we're going to be giving a request and we're going to be taking a request. Now, don't take that request home. Please put it back in the basket because I want somebody else drawing in and praying for that as well. So this is what we're going to be doing over the next 21 days. And who knows, folks, what God might do as we consecrate ourselves in prayer. I want you to bow your heads today. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to give yourself to prayer? To commit yourself to prayer? Saturate in prayer. If you are with me and you want to do this with us, I want you to stand right where you are. By standing, you're, you're indicating that you are going to, with God's help, pray like never before. This is just a commitment to prayer right now. The proof will be over the next 21 days. Saturating in prayer, praying with purpose, with passion, persistence. So, Father, I pray now for this congregation, every man and woman, every student. We're committing ourselves to having conversation with you, praying to you, listening to you as never before. I pray, Lord, for an enlightenment, an awareness to come, God. Let us be acutely aware of what you would have us to do, what you are saying to us, where you are leading us. Bless us, God, in this, in this time of prayer. And we give you thanks. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the doors will be open tomorrow morning as early as 30. I'll be here on Mondays. Another pastor, each pastor will take another day. Until then, God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you hopefully tomorrow sometime. If not, please make an effort to be with us on Wednesday.